Hello there, and welcome to Washed Up. This is the second episode. The last episode, which is the first episode, and did surprisingly well. So thank you for listening to it. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. If this isn't, thank you for coming back. This week, I'm talking to lifelong punk, anarchist, vegan, an all-round very interesting bloke, Mark Shaw, about his time as the frontman and lead singer of the band, Contempt. So thanks for listening. Let's crack on with the show. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. Obviously, we've got you on the show. It's a music show. You're a music man. You're in the band Contempt. It was a punk band. But there might be people listening who don't actually even know what a punk band is or what it really is. I'm not sure I did, really, until I started researching for this podcast. I think I thought it was just sort of leather and safety pins, but there's actually quite a lot more to it than that. If you had to describe punk to a, an alien or just a millennial, how would you do it? Yeah, it's a mixture. I mean, some people, like, they just went for the sort of look with, like you say, the spiked hair and the jackets and all that. But to me, um, punk rock really was more a school in, in life than actually what school was. I mean, it, it sort of uh, opened my eyes to a lot of things in the world with bands that were around in the early 80s, like Crass and Conflict, Subhumans and all those sort of bands. They sort of got me on the road to being a vegan, which I have been now 36 years. It opened my eyes to you know the peace movement and environmental causes, equality, anti-racism and that sort of thing. So it's been a big school uh, education for me more than anything else. Because I think a lot of people, myself potentially included, kind of see leather and safety pins and potentially some angry shouting and think oh they look a bit hardcore but actually punk's a little bit more liberal and sort of quietly sensitive than maybe people would be expecting that's true yeah yeah it was sort of a an expression of like saying basically this is the way we look this is what we're gonna do if you don't like it tough don't judge us because generally the majority of us are really nice down-to-earth people and that's how it is, that's how it was, and that's good old punk rock, that's the way I see it anyway. And how old were you when you first got into punk? I was aged 13, and that was way back a few moons ago in 1978. Bloody hell, a 13-year-old punk. How were your parents feeling about that? Oh, my dad tried to ban me. He said that punk rock was brainwashing me. He banned me from listening to the music, and he said it was making me rebellious, and I started bunking off school and all that, and he blamed punk rock on it and everything else. He did give me that attitude of uh, be yourself and all that, which was and still is a big punk attitude, but in a good way, you know what I mean? Yeah. And what were those bands that your dad tried to ban you from listening to that sucked 13-year-old Mark Shaw into the beating heart of punk rock? The first three records I can remember as clear as a bell. I bought in 1978, Sham 69, If the Kids United, My Way, Sex Pistols, and the Boomtown Rats are more new wavy punk. There's other bands, some of my favourite bands, like The Roots and The Clash, Menace, X-Ray Specs, all those bands. And then a couple of years later, around 1980, they were all like the anarchist punk bands, like I've mentioned, Crass, Rudimentary Penai, Conflict, Poison Girls, all those sort of bands. And now, like I say, they were the sort of the big forward-thinking education for what I got into and what I am now, really. And then you make the transition from being around punk bands to actually being in a punk band itself. Was the first band you're in Seventh Play? Seventh Play was the first actual live performing band. Yeah, back around about 1982, 83. 
we only really played around sort of Wolverhampton area really. Not that I can remember any we really sort of ventured out of Wolverhampton, to be honest. But we supported a couple of pretty well-known bands from the time, well, well-known punk bands, The Partisans and GBH. And then in about 1984, you moved from being in Seventh Plague into a new band, Contempt. Contempt, yeah, about 84. After Seventh Plague split up, other various members from other bands, and we just got going, and actually Contempt is still going today. I've, I've been in and out the band about four times, toured Europe and that sort of thing, done a, a couple of albums and stuff, and then people can find them if they want on uh, Facebook and places like that, YouTube. And a big part of Contempt and punk rock in general is the political influence behind the music. People might not be used to that idea, given that mainstream music now is quite non-political. Could you give some sort of idea about the political landscape and what you were pushing out against at that time? It was against animal cruelty, you know, the hunt saboteurs thing and all that sort of stuff. Being vegan, the, the meat industry, the, the battery farming, that sort of thing. The peace movement, the miners' strike, the poll tax, all sorts of things. You know, um, the green and common thing, anti-fascism. And it's still, it's still being sung about today, you know, because it's still relevant. What, what they're singing then is, is still relevant today. So do you think there's a lot in punk rock and the music and the lyrics that you were singing at the time that still applies very much to the climate that we live in today? Yeah, I mean, if people listen to them sort of bands like Contempt and, and all them sort of bands conflict from them early 80s and all that, and compared to what's going on today, they'll still see that it's all very relevant. The majority of the people who were in the original Contempt lineup and the majority of the people probably listening to Contempt were from the black country and from very working class backgrounds. Could you explain to people who maybe don't know, A, what it means to be from the black country, and B, what kind of impact that had on your music? Black country is people who live around areas like Dudley, Wolverhampton, and sort of areas. The places which is only a few miles from Birmingham. Yeah, I mean, just growing up and having a father who was well into labour and he was in the unions and all that, and it just rubbed off. And, and when punk rock came along, it just all gelled together, really, you know what I mean? Obviously, when you look and think about the intense political climate of the 80s, the minor strikes can't help but jump to your mind. And I saw that you guys are actually personally involved in helping the miners in Cannock. Yeah, yeah, we did a few gigs, benefit gigs when the miners were on strike in 1984, 85. We did a few benefit fundraisers for them. and We actually went and did a few street collections for them as well, like... And did Contempt spend any time actually on the picket line with the miners? I didn't personally. Um, Martin, the guitarist, he did. But I met one of them, which was in a local newspaper the day after we did a benefit kit concert for him in Wolverhampton, one of the local Canuck striking miners. A lot of the Canuck miners actually went back and broke the strike, but the ones that we met are the ones who stuck it out till it finished in 1995. And did you guys ever live as a band? Did you guys live together? Well, yeah, me and Martin lived together. We used to have a little bit of a bunker thing underneath the house we used to live in. It was about a mile outside Wolverhampton Town Centre, a place called Chapel Ash, and we used to practice underneath there, much to the annoyance of the neighbours. <laughs> and I saw a rumour online that you got raided by the police at some point. There was a local off-licence got done, and uh, <laughs> a couple of the people who lived there at the time were, were actually involved in it. Not me, though, not me. <laughs> and they got done for it. I don't know. I don't know how the police found out, but they obviously did. But uh, 
Yeah, there was a couple of punks we used to know at the time, like, and people used to sort of crash at the place every now and then, sort of thing. And they brought a bit of unwanted attention, shall we say. While a big part of the movement you were a part of was about performing in a way that raised awareness, you did actually go and get your hands dirty with some of the more full-on aspects of protesting against things you guys didn't like, especially within regards to animal rights. What was that like? Well, I got involved, so uh, there was a street demo against the fur shop in the town at the time, early 80s. Got to know certain people who were on, on the demo and we started getting involved into the Hunt Saboteurs thing and we... We actually built up a bit of a reputation, shall we say. <laughs> we used to get people uh, sort of asking from all other country to if we could come out and help them. We went out with the passive intention of the hunt, and after going a few times, we started getting attacked. I got personally run over by a hunter on his horse. So we gathered up after that, and then just we'd had enough, and so we just started. If I start again, and wherever we go, we'll start fighting back. and. That's how we got the reputation. And do you think that music now lacks the political influence that it had when you were making it? Definitely. The mainstream stuff, a lot of them just don't seem to be singing anything, really. They're just, they're just there for the money, to be honest. That's, that's what I think, anyway. And did you guys ever make a lot of money through being in a punk band? Anything we got went straight into like uh, Hunt Saboteurs and the minor strikes and things like that. And you mentioned earlier actually that you did a few tours of Europe with Contempt. What was it like being on tour with a punk band? It, it's, it's brilliant. It, the, the touring's a bit of a slog as you can imagine because places like Germany is a big country. We'd sometimes have 12 hour journeys from one place to the other, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't regret it. I enjoyed it. We played Germany, we played other places, Holland and Belgium, Switzerland. And, Czech Republic and them sort of places as well. Like. And what would you say your highlight was from touring through Europe? I would say one of them was probably the uh, big massive squat we played in Berlin. It was a really old run-down building, but they, they were looking after it really well. It was well run, and it was a big hall that we played in. And yeah, it was great. It felt like a bit of a rock star, because I just, just absolutely loved you, man. Brilliant. I loved it. It's interesting that you mentioned how excited and happy and open and welcoming they are in Europe. My previous guest, Craig Carpenter, actually mentioned the same thing. Do you think that back then and potentially still now, Europe has a more open attitude towards political beliefs and various different types of music, that kind of thing? You do have certain sections like you do now over here that they're into it. Like, but over there, they're just, yeah, yeah, I mean, the anti-fascist movement and all that sort of thing and the vegan thing's picking up now. Over in Europe, yeah, the, the, the anti-racism thing's really hardcore over there. Like, they're really well organised, man, proper. And for anyone listening who potentially has never seen a punk rock gig or never been to one or certainly couldn't have gone to one in 1986, potentially they weren't even born yet, what sort of thing could they expect from that? Was it raw? Was it loud? Was it aggressive? Or was it more calm and passionate? Raw, loud, fast. Sometimes you get gigs where people would get up and have a bit of a bop. And sometimes you just have people sitting around in chairs and around by the walls. It depended. And when you look back at bands that were big and are known for being punk, like for instance, the Sex Pistols, who had a very punk image but potentially didn't actually have the sort of political impact or the political influence that bands like Conflict and Contempt, your band, had. Do you still see them as truly punk or do you think they were kind of just jumping on the bandwagon a bit? Yeah, the Pistols were influential in a way, like, but they were just part of the rock and roll circus, I think, more than anything. You know, don't get me wrong, I do like them, but to me, like I said earlier, that 
more the bands like Conflict and all them crass and all them are more important to me than the mob because they said a lot more to me. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Pistols were all right. But I've got more fond memories of the early 80s on Anarcho stuff more than anything. I look back on that and think, yeah, well, man, we did that lot, you know what I mean? Said that, you know, it's great. And do you look back with a lot of pride at the bands that you were a part of, Contempt, and the other bands that you were around and the political impact that they had sort of everlasting on the UK? Oh, 110% man, brilliant. I mean, when I look back at it and think, oh man, you know what I mean? Oh, it just blows me away sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just nice to be a part of the movement and bands that were trying to help others and thinking of others and that's the way I see the world and that's the way the world should be, it's looking out for each other and the animals and the environment and all that like. And if looking back you had to pick one band that you think, Jesus, they were just the epitome of everything we stood for and everything we wanted to do, who would you pick? Oh, one band straight away, mate, Crass. What's up, Crass are the band for me, they're, they're my favourite all-time band. I mean, I love loads of bands, but Crass are the band that really opened my eyes and maybe started looking at things with a different perspective on, on everything, the old system and everything, the world. I, I take my hat off to them, absolutely love the band, absolutely love them. Having gone back and listened to your music and the sort of contempt back catalogue, so to speak, your back catalogue, it's very clear that you guys have quite ahead of the curve do you feel a lot of pride yet again in the fact that you must have inspired movements like grunge and pop rock and pop grunge and pop punk and all those fantastic things that have come since what you were a part of oh yeah definitely i mean one example kurt cobain nirvana he was well into his punk rock and all that so he definitely had an influence on them sort of bands and all that he's had an influence on a lot of music so i think punk has definitely but yeah, I love Nirvana too as well, so I'm probably a bit biased mentioning them. <laughs> it's just nice to know that it's people have took notice and stood up and just gone on and done their own thing, like, you know what I mean, like they did and various other bands. It's 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 fantastic and as the lead singer and frontman of contempt you must have seen some incredible frontmen of other punk bands and other bands in general if you had to pick a favorite who would you pick i always liked chill out by afro from the dead kennedys he was just mental on stage he was just absolutely wild and he was great he's very expressive and he's a good way of putting his message across that's another band i forgot to mention the dead kennedys they were brilliant yeah i'd say chill out by afro's got to be one of them yeah, and Malcolm Owen as well from the Roots. Not to say Cello by Afro, he just, oh, he just absolutely gave me. It's like he was took over by some demon or something on stage, you know what I mean? He just, he would just say it like, and he'd be in the crowd, and they'd be all pushing him along around with their hands in the air, and he was just wild on stage. And as you said yourself, you've been in and out of the band Contempt for quite a number of years. It was about 20 years in total, I believe. What was the deciding factor in sort of leaving, not punk behind, but being in a punk band behind? Oh, that's a good question. I don't really know. I can't really put my finger on it. I don't know. Sometimes it just, you, you do certain things and you run out of juice where other people can stick with it and fair play to them. 
I just <laughs> I run out of juice. <laughs> I like a boomerang disappear and come back again. While you're not still recording and performing as part of a punk band, are you part of any other musical projects? Well, up until about 18 months ago, I was playing the bagpipes. I played for about six or seven years. I haven't done none for a while, but um, yeah, I could knock a few tunes out. And I did do a Celtic folk band as well for a while. I was singing and playing the baran, which is a handheld drum for those who don't know. Got Celtic Irish folk with a punk attitude, sort of like the Pogues in a sort of way, like. So I had to go with varying it out a little bit as well. Well, being part Scottish, it's it's in the blood, mate. It's in the blood. <laughs> and outside of music, another huge part of your life is tattooing. You're covered in tattoos. You've got a face covered in tattoos, and it's obviously something you really care about. Do you think there's a sort of a crossover between punk rock as a movement and as an attitude, and the concept of taking ownership of your body and getting art? place on yourself oh yeah i mean just out of the blue i started thinking about getting some tattoos on my head as you know i've got them all over my face and everything now <laughs> it just went from one thing to the other i just love it it's, i think you know you get a good tattooist and it is pumpkin in a certain way it's another form of your own expression your own thing and as is customary on the show i thought i'd finish off with a few sort of quick fire questions to get your opinions on some of the more lighter but still important topics. And first things first, what's the most punk rock moment you've ever seen? Could be on stage, could be off. <laughs> Here's one. Our bass player, Trog, God bless him, he ain't here anymore, but he was the bass player for Contempt. And we had a gig in Manchester. And the band they were headlining, they were from the late 70s. We'd come from the Midlands and they were charging like four to five hundred pounds just to come down the road. And we got to pay about 20 quid for petrol. So. Trog, our bass player, when the gig had finished, walked on stage, walked off with their bass and put it in the back of the van. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. That was punk rock to me because, you know, they, we got ripped off and all that, like, so I ain't going to say who the band was. <laughs> when I was looking through a lot of the interviews and media from Contempt back in the day, you're actually fairly continually referred to as Borstal, and I was wondering if you could explain that to me. For those who don't know what a Borstal is, it's a sort of kid's prison, I guess? Like a youth detainment centre from back in the day? When I got into punk rock when I was 13, well, my hair originally was long, flowy, curly hair. And obviously when I got into punk, I had likely this short saucepan round the head haircut job. <laughs> Some bloke who was just living our street. His haircuts were known for putting a saucepan round your hair and cutting your hair off. And uh, it looked like the Borstal haircut and that's how I got the name. And it's always stuck and I still get called it now. I'm not going to limit you to any specific genres, specific bands, specific artists, but if you had to give a few things that people should just be listening to now and that you're listening to and you just think the world should be paying more attention to, can you just rattle a few off that you think people should be listening to? There's some bands that have not been going too long. There's a band called Herbie Jacker from round Stoke-on-Trent way. They're a crossover of reggae and punk. They're absolutely brilliant. There's the Inner Terrestrials who have been going a while. They're sort of scary punk. The Autonomads from Manchester, they're a bit like early Chumbawamba. And obviously I'm going to mention my old muckers, Contempt as well. There's still loads of good bands out there. And when this blooming virus is gone, you lot, you people out there, look them up on Facebook and go and watch them. Support the underground scene, people. You can get into the gigs, you can pay like a fiver on the door and you can see about eight or nine bands. And if you get to the punk picnics, you can have like, 10 bands in one day for about six or seven quid entrance fee you know what i mean it's it's great that's the good thing about punk rock 
And finally, as a lifelong vegan and a punk rocker and a man with more tattoos on his face than anyone I've quite frankly ever met, what advice would you give to young people who don't really know what they're doing or just need a little bit of help? If you cared about the future, if you love animals, got any younger brothers, sisters and all that, go vegan because it's good for the planet, it's good for you, it's good for the animals. Look after each other. Love and respect, man. Do it. Be positive. Much love. Thank you. Wow, what a way to end. Thank you so much, man. It's been a fantastic interview and it's been a pleasure having you on and I really hope everyone else loved listening to it as much as I did. So thank you very much and maybe one day we'll hear from you again. Yeah, thank you for having me, eh, man. It's been absolutely a blast. Absolutely loved it. Well, there we go. That was the fantastic Mr. Mark Shaw. This was the Washed Up Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to go and listen to a bit of Contempt, they've got four albums on iTunes that are all really, really worth listening to, and I believe they're probably on Spotify as well. If you'd like to see a picture of Mark and his fabulous face tattoos, why not go follow the Washed Up Podcast on Instagram, at the Washed Up Podcast. Until then, stay tuned for next week. Maybe subscribe on whatever wonderful app you've decided to listen to this on. And I can't wait for you to listen to next week's episode. It's a bit of a cracker. So until then, goodbye.